Vancouver Island, a land full of rich, diverse cultures where you will find hippies and rednecks at the same local brew pub, blue collar and white collar camping side by side at the lakes, and old and young and everyone in between with one thing in common, we love our island. If you've been following along with the journey, you're going to remember an episode, episode 10, I believe it was, a Caver's Paradise, where a certain individual took me underground and really, to be honest, scared the heck out of me. Well, this time we're in the studio. We're doing a safer route, and Sean Quinton's going to join us talking about some amazing places that he's discovered on the Vancouver Island north side where you're going to learn some really beautiful spots that you can go adventure this year. So today I have with me one of the people in the world who has probably scared me the most in uh, in one way, shape, or form. It's true. It's true. I, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's not a bad thing. But it, you know, it's someone in your life who's going to do that in one way or another, and and you did it in a positive way, though. You did. Okay. We have Sean okay. Quinton back with us, who we had in season one, doing uh, episode ten, doing the. The Canadian, or say the Vancouver Island underworld. Yeah, yeah, the Caver's Paradise. Yeah, oh, yeah, that man. was that was good. That was a good time. Yeah, I had yeah. somebody recently asked me. They're saying, "So, how scared were you on that trip?" And I was like, "Did it come through that clearly?" And I was like, "I was terrified." Yeah, yeah, I would, I would affirm that. Definitely, at one point, you're like, "Okay, put yep. your hand up. All like, right, okay, like, oh. this is far enough, man. All yeah. right." I'm- no, no, it was, it was starting to freak me out for sure, but. Such an educational time. We had so much fun learning from you all of the things that you knew about the caving world. And, and so we're not going to be diving into that today, but I wanted to touch on that, that, you know, friend of the show. Yes. Been yes. on before. And now, you know, we finally dragged you into the studio and, uh, we're, you know, we're making an honest, clean, cleaned up, well, sort of more kind of cleaned up kind of guy. Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> So what we're going to dive into today is, uh, for those that are listening in, we really wanted to kind of go with places that maybe aren't the most popular places in the entire world because they're just not as well known, Um, especially kind of on, uh, we would call it the North Island, I think. Can we agree? Yeah, 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 Yeah. for sure. Some of it will be slightly below the official geographical line, but yeah. What is the official geographical line? It's kind of, um, uh, when you look, if you drive up to Camp Bob or up towards Sayward, you kind of come past the kind of last house you see either it'd be kind of near where Mohan Lake is off the side if you're the say really? and you come up to that 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 ridge yeah that's kind of somewhere in there and no stuff way. and you can actually see the difference in weather I mean you we both work at we're, have worked at Camp Bob and you can really see that it quite often the weather is different from Camp River yeah up yeah. into there and that is kind of the geographical line as far as like the more for the weather and kind of for the for the, um, like, if you look at the weather apps and things like that. Sure. So that's yeah. where the dividing line is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we wanted to look at places like that. Um, yeah. You have an incredible wealth of knowledge. Like, how long have you been working at one place or another on Vancouver Island? Uh, I've been out here since 1997. Right. Um, I did, came out and did a, a leadership program and then never really left. I kind of moved back and forth between Northern Ontario, which was my home where I grew up. And then I think... 99, I think Carrie and I were working out. That was kind of the official year that we kind of fully moved out, had a moving truck and never really looked back as far as that other than some other stints kind of visiting family and stuff. But yeah, so almost 20, over 20 years kind of been coming out, either living out here full time or I I did spend a little time back East for a few years, but um, always was most vacations were out here wandering around 
doing stuff. So yeah, exploring all these incredible places. Yeah, yeah. A lot of work with Strathcona Park Lodge. Yeah, Strathcona Park Lodge was where I first I did the cult program and stuff as a as a guide, and then and then just yeah, like I said, never really left. Worked with them on and off. I think last year, the year before, was the only year I never worked with them a little bit. This year, I'm gonna probably do some cave training and some nice. other other stuff. And um, yeah. And then Camp Bob and also um, Mount Washington has, for, has always been kind of the winter backbone for stuff. Definitely. Kind of yeah. that, uh, that guider's uh, paradise of that other off season. Of, yeah, exactly. We well, yeah, well, you know, you need to feed your family and pay your bills and things <laughs> like that. It, you know, it's, uh, it, you need something to stretch you out, you know. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what I wanted to kind of dig into with you, Sean, uh, because we've gone on so many different ventures, different places, some of these places we've both been together, other places um, you've just been. Um, but you have such a wealth of knowledge of all of these incredible locations that uh, I think we probably agree is a little bit more remote. Yeah. Um, not necessarily ones that we were saying that are a little bit uh, well-known. So uh, tell us about a few of your favorites. Well, so going from uh, north-south, so talking about Mount Washington, it's it's a, actually a climbing area, but I, I brought people up on and off. For, I think I did even bring some Camp Bob people up there at one point. Um, but it's uh, called Ramparts Creek um, climbing area. So... Um, is it in the park? Like in no, it's outside the park. Yeah. And I, it's, it's, it's a little bit gray. I think Mosaic, is that the name yeah. of that, the yeah. guys that took the over Timber West? Yeah. So it's either Mount Washington land or Mosaic or kind of, it's kind of right on the edge of where the railroad lease kind of ends kind of ish. So mm-hmm. it's a bit gray area. Um, yeah, I was looking at possibly going there commercially. So that that's one of those things you kind of got to sort out who's mm-hmm. owning the land. Pub- they publicly, they yeah. don't really care. Uh, they're like, have at or, mm-hmm. um, but you pull off in a little spur logging road, kind of just above where the, the Ramparts Creek chain up area is just uh, 500 meters ish. Um, there's a sideways cliff. So you'll see the main ridge, which is called the Sunrise ridge and there's a sideways cliff that's kind of gray and it's actually um sandstone very okay. very interesting but um great climbing area 10 or 12 climbs and actually there's talk of uh, some of us getting up there and maybe put some new ones in but just even kind of walking around it's this series of crumbled broken rocks mm. little caves and everything it's just pretty easy pretty accessible i mean you, you definitely if you have mobility issues probably can't get into it but i think we we logged it on all trails, the all trails app, and it actually is only about 600 meters into the area. But that being said, there's all these little pillars and really stuff. And so you have a feel, even if you just went up, because the, the top of the cliff is accessible without having to climb. Mm-hmm. You, you want to be careful because you can run out of ground pretty quickly, pay attention, and there are a fair number of loose rocks. But um, you can sit and you can see out to the ocean. You can kind of see over to where... Um, where um, like Indian Head and um, Mount Drabble and kind of so the Mount Beecher area mm-hmm. and then up into Washington, obviously, and there's some lakes just below it. And people camp on Lug Road all the time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Again, one of those gray areas. Please, obviously, I'm a big advocate of leave no trace. So yeah, like absolutely. making sure to haul your garbage out and all that kind of stuff. But it's a great spot. It's it's really neat. I mean, if you want to rock climb, great. I mean, um, is it a, like more kind of like uh, does it attract more kind of an advanced climb? Um, kind of thing? It's it's a good it's a good range. I mean, it's not and not really advanced climber. So it ranges from I don't have the climbing guide in front of me, but about five six, which is kind of in, uh, beginner intermediate up to five ten something. Okay, so fairly and so pretty yeah. good range. 
Um, some bolts, but mostly either tree trees or what's called traditional gear anchors. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty tallest climbs only about 19 meters, so don't need necessarily need a fully like full 60 or 70, a 50 meter rope would work. Um, but again, mm-hmm. being careful. I mean, most of the climbs have been relatively um cleaned and like had rocks flip off them mm-hmm. um it has been a little bit neglected probably in the last i've noticed in the last five years since i've been kind of where i was away and came back noticed that it probably needs a little bit of work so there's a few of us who are interested in getting in um it is if you want to see the actual cliff and climbs you'll need to get the comox valley um climbing guide it's in the back in the back kind right. of part of that yeah um but it's uh, and it's also um mountain project I think has some of the climbs and stuff. Nice. It doesn't have all of them. Mountain Project's another act, uh, app, like it's a um, um, hosted by the uh, the American version of of MEC, which when MEC was still a co op called REI, right? And okay, stuff. Yeah, so, so yeah, they do all much. sorts of stuff. It's great. They they it's a very accessible app for climbing, but they do also have it's similar to all trails in some sense mm-hmm. that it has different activities, mountain biking and hiking and yeah. things like that. So. Um, yeah. yeah. What so, other what other locations do you do you like? About, um, so uh, one I discovered last year that um, um, the former director of Camp Bob talked about is called the Trout Trout Falls uh, uh, Trail, mm-hmm. which he called Oasis because it does look cool. So we've hiked into it, and it's this beautiful wall. Mm-hmm. You can you can you can cliff jump. I'm not personally as a climber the idea of jumping without a rope. Jumping at all is a little bit. <laughs> it kind of goes against everything. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Well, I'm still a little afraid of heights and stuff like that. I, which is I, when people, particularly Benj, probably laughs when I say stuff like that because they don't really. Yeah, I've get seen it. you up on the heights quite a bit, but I mean you're yeah. tied in. Yeah, so, and I know. also I also know how to control my fear and stuff. But yeah, that it, it's kind of neat in that sense of because it's this beautiful waterfall. I haven't been all the way to the very top one, but to me the the first one you hike in. 15 or 20 minutes not yeah, even it's, not it's beautiful and it's mm-hmm. just it's kind of it must in winter i'm sure it, it, it's overflowing the banks and mm-hmm. it's been sculpted and it's, it's so beautiful we end up with a bunch of uh friends of ours we actually end up repelling the waterfall in a really hot day is like you know one of those days last summer where it was almost 30 degrees and it was kind of a fun relief and some of the kids cliff jumped and stuff like that too but it's a great spot. It's just off Menzies, Maine. It's not very far. If you, like I said, you go into north the, of Campbell River. Uh, yeah, just north of Can. Yeah, sorry. So we've yep. now jumped over. Yeah, so you're about, yeah, wherever you turn in, and then I think it was only about a 15 minute drive down, and and you kind of need to know. So if you go into the All Trails app, it's the easiest spot. I had somebody else had been there, but once I figured it out, it kind of got on my back in town where I could use the internet and I'm like, oh that's the name of it because mm. they had a different name for it but it's great it's a neat loop and if you did the whole loop it's about three four kilometer hike in and stuff and um that's one of my goals this spring is to get out there once the snow recedes a little bit um oh my gosh there are so many other places but um let's jump to like if you want a great um spot that's one of my favorite lakes um on the thing besides Buttle Lake. Buttle Lake is can be pretty busy and stuff is a Moore Lake. And the great mm, thing about it that's is a beautiful spot. It is the the boat launch is so terrible for motorboats that you don't get very big motorboats. So for a canoe or a kayaker or any kind of like paddleboarder, it's a great spot. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely it, and, gorgeous. And, and Mr. Canoehead, because when I always have canoed the done the canoe route itself. So the Sayward it, Forest. Yeah, canoe Sayward, route, yeah. sorry, it's Sayward Forest canoe route. The timing for me has never ended 
um, to get to to camp on there. So my wife and I deliberately the last couple of summers have deliberately gone there. We do it like as a tw- even a twenty four hour thing because mm-hmm. it's got these beautiful tables. People, the the camping is off the side, so you can have people pass by and not actually kind of disturb you in your thing. And the lake is great because there's there's the route you main do. You, the, the main route you do, which is great and stuff, and you see fair, but but there's other arms. We discovered an old arm where we think where you go way down. There's this shelter and stuff like that. Um, we used actually for day trips for the camp I worked with last summer. But um, but there's like this this cabin and stuff, and we looked into it. Turns out it's um, from the there was a correction on the next lake over there was a, a youth correction facility. So this yeah, was the Lakeview, yeah, Lake the Lakeview. Lake yeah. So this was one of their kind of out trip things. Yeah. Was this this pavilion? down that arm it's on the would be on the east northeast side is mm-hmm. this arm that most people don't go into because it, if you a lot of time you're pressed for time when you're doing the canoe say workforce canoe route so mm-hmm. it's it is three or four kilometers down but it's a great lake tons of beaches i mean i know at camp bob it's always been a perennial favorite for a lot of people to kind of escape the main camp and oh, go it's, out it's, there because it's, it's, it's so it's close it's got so many options right and so it's only spots. like 14 or 15 kilometers off the thing mm-hmm. uh, off the off the highway and frankly the road is they've improved the road quite a bit in the last couple of years the first time i did it when i came back was a little bit you know definitely was a little slow cuz i i don't own a four wheel drive mm-hmm. Or I do now, but then I didn't. I had a car still, so I had to have stuff on top. So it was a definitely a little bit slower, but very still accessible. I mean, I drive a it's basically a matrix, so you know, you just have to go slow and kind yeah, of fairly easy in. to find too, yeah, which I exactly. thought was nice too. Like it, it's got good parking, and you mm-hmm. can even, you know, it's got different levels. So even if you wanted to go and drive down just for reference, you go yeah. down Blackwater Main, yeah. which is where you get yeah, to exactly. more like. Um, there's a couple, you know, even campsites that yeah, are right there exactly. outside forestry rec sites that yeah. you can use. Um, and in, along the way, if there's, you know, needed for overflow, there's other spots there too, which yeah. is really nice, but it, it is really accessible. Even if you just want to do kind of a little bit of exploring yeah. and you don't want to do like the full canoe trip yeah. style thing. Um, did I ever tell you this story? I'm going to totally bunny yeah. trail just for two yeah, seconds. Yeah, no, no worries. But uh, when I met with a, a corrections officer who worked at Lakeview, so Lakeview was this place up, well, is it the Blackwater, Maine? Same yeah, area. it's Blackwater. It's a mud lake. It's, so it's a, it's only about four kilometers off the highway. And yeah, stuff. so you're going up the, the yeah. main highway yeah. up the island, yeah. and, and there's this correctional facility. And I remember, like, as kids, when we would drive up there, too, you'd be like, you're looking for the criminals that are running around the bush. Well, well they, they were kids they actually just had like a us. Ban- you could, they had a non-hitchhiking band. Totally. From, about 10 kilometers south of that and about 20 kilometers north just to discourage the kids. Yeah. Absolutely. So I remember seeing the signage. And so I, I met with, you know, we'd always kind of heard these stories or whatever. And so when you think a correctional facility, I mean, it's not necessarily going to be one of those things that you're like, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but meeting with this guy, uh, he was just starting to tell stories. And it was, you could tell it was emotional, but it was really phenomenal. Like the hope that he had in his eyes for these kids absolutely yeah. unreal what yeah. they were able to run there for that because they were able to use the wilderness in such a positive way and impact for a lot of these kids that it was you know i'm sure life-changing for a lot of them because they were able to you know actually put some skills to to use to be able to actually yeah. do some things that put them out of their comfort zones and they took them into the wilderness and uh, and gave them these really neat opportunities so it was really cool to hear that side of it yeah i mean it, it was a big a big theme in BC is therapeutic, uh, wilderness therapeutic programs. So mm. like Camp Bob was founded before us. Mm-hmm. There was a therapeutic program, very interesting one that was run for almost 20 some yeah, years. Right. But all over BC was kind of this really great way. And still, uh, Coast, uh, 
Coastline Connections, I think, is still operating and stuff, and is I'm using therapy. The I the wilderness is a therapeutic thing to rehabilitate kids who've come from basically youth at risk. It's yeah. really cool. I mean, this is part of the thing that I'm passionate, kind of working with those kids too, to some extent. Um, oh, where would I jump next? Um, um, Blinkhorn, another forestry site. Very interesting. Whereabouts uh, is that? Um, Blinkhorn is just south of Telegraph Cove. So oh, if you know, okay. so, so Port okay. McNeil, yeah. if you know Port McNeil, so, but you go in Telegraph Cove, um, it, it's kind of cool. There's a ser- another one, actually, another one that's worth mentioning that I haven't been to for years is called Naka Creek. And it's, um, I can't remember the main, but Naka Creek is another forestry site. If you want to see the whales, mm. you can drive in. And, um, but it, it's a little more challenging. I mean, the road varies from year to year, whether they're logging, it's about a mm, 15 to 20 K down to right down the ocean. But again, it's a forestry site that's on the ocean, which do exist in mm. places, but not as much. They tend to be more provincial <laughs> yeah, parks and stuff, as, yeah. right? It's not as common. So, um, and it's great cause it's south of Robert's bite. So it's on the other opposite end of a thing. So there's whales around and stuff. I, we, uh, when I was my i was first starting out i was sea kayak guide and we would drive in and, and our our permanent um camp a permanent base camp was just north of there about oh, six okay. nautical miles so that's yeah. why I, so naka creek is if you, if you want it you need a better vehicle but that's why i like blinkhorn is great because you talk to the resort i mean both sides of the resort well there's actually almost three sides now but i always like the old side because it's kind of historic and really cool mm-hmm. and you can launch from from Port McNeil as well, but it's a little more tricky because you have to paddle across a fairly large estuary. Mm-hmm. But you come out and it's like maybe eight kilometers. You can actually hike into it too. Mm-hmm. Um, you do need to be a bit mindful. There are commercial operations that use it as their first night, but it's a huge beach. It's probably almost a kilometer long. And you pull in and it's great. There You have the ocean. You have this little island around. Um, my wife and I were out there last year for four days and i've been on and off i'm going there for more than 15 oh probably almost 20 years pretty much and it's it's just great it's super accessible you can you can hike there's there's composting toilets if you want they are quite a ways away from but the whales are all around you can access hanson island which is across the way which is kind of the gateway into where the orca research is done and a bunch of stuff like that Mm -hmm. or you can a lot of people use as their first night if they've driven up and stuff coming from Victoria. But even just being in that spot is great because mm-hmm. you have the one spot we sat is kind of right by the narrow spot that floods. And there's a little piece of land. It's kind of like a little isthmus. And you can look. Whoa, whoa, you, back up. Isthmus. Okay, isthmus. That's a word I don't know. And isthmus is a narrow stretch of land that has a big bulbous section. So it's like almost like an island, but um, the isthmus is, it doesn't ever... I mean, this one, I don't know if it'd be a true isthmus because I bet you in the winter storms, the water does pour over it, but there are isthmuses. It's basically this island, but still is connected to whatever bigger piece of land that's contacted and it's narrow and you can almost walk across or see across. There's a really cool one, um, official, it's actually official BC campsite in Nooka Sound and stuff okay, that's yeah. where, where I, 
um, first encountered the word, but it's just this narrow stretch of land with a bigger piece of land on either side. I learned but, something new every time with you, Sean. See, that's the beauty of this. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm in a, I am an educator, so I mean, that, that probably, I can't really help it. And so anyway, so this little isthmus, little stretch of land, it's great. Um, there, I've seen bears there. I remember having a fairly close, one of the closest encounters I ever, ever had with a bear, almost about the distance we are. No and, grizzlies, though, because I hear no. that that's like, that's that's uh, slowly becoming a little bit of a mini Yeah, spot. the grizzly thing i mean it's it, most people on the island are still in denial but like both me and you have talked about on off off air about the idea of once they start breeding on the island oh, they're on it's, the it's, island it's it's yeah, yeah totally yeah, it's mostly been... males that come over and stuff yeah. but that's a little further south that's closer to sayward this yeah. is this is for them to be i mean they could obviously wander up island but to be in that particular spot would be um they it doesn't make that much sense. It'd be well. I mean, like ten years ago, it yeah. wouldn't have made much sense for me to make it to Vancouver Island. But then you're like, all of a sudden, you're like, what? There's grizzlies. Well, That's they've been incredible. they've been here. I mean, I've heard reports from my friends who work out near a place near Zabalas, which mm. is on the west coast, more remote, and it um, uh, it it just like, oh my gosh, there's a they're like, oh that's cool. And oh no, that's not a black bear. That's a grizzly fishing on the west coast of the Vancouver Island in the Salmon River. So it's you know, it's those um, are the places that when you're like, oh, this is my really special, you know, close to my heart place. And you're like, oh, by the way, there's grizzlies everywhere. Yes, anyways. just beware. <laughs> well, I, I think I mean as as things change, we, there are a bunch of the companies that are going to have to shift their bear policies oh, a little totally. bit. Yeah, it's a completely um, different animal. It literally, um, <laughs> yeah. And why? And our bears are pretty docile and run away most ninety percent of the time, right? Ninety nine percent. Now of the this time. bear's running towards you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that. I'm going to jump. Well, I'm going to. Uh, I wouldn't expect you to do anything else. I'm going to jump to jump, the west jumping. coast into a spot that you've actually probably never heard of. Oh. Um, which is so when you drive into Gold, in. R- Gold River. Um, so there's a town side of Gold River, but the actual harbor is another. Eight kilometers. Yeah, it's a ways down there. Yeah, down yeah, where the old mill, down, or down where the mill is, and the mill is now. A, but across from that is called the Berman River, and this is it's. So you launch. Um, Strathcona has had a, a, a deal with the First Nations, but if you are launching, um, people do it motorboat. We've done it in canoes, mm. and it, it's great. Like if you want to go up, it's not that far. It is mm, five nautical miles, so it's you know about ten kilometers. It is a bit of a thing, and you got to be careful because it is the end of. What is, um, I forgot the name of the inlet, but anyways, the inlet, the Go- a lot of people call it the Gold River Inlet, it does actually have another name on the chart, but there can be quite a bit of winds and mm. stuff, so you have to be a little bit, but if you want to see bears in the fall, it's great. Like mm. I, we've camped up there and, and, um, and you know, I've been 20 meters from a bear with a bunch of school kids and they've been flipping out and stuff and he, and the bears are interested. It's just, it's a great salmon river. It's yeah, below. I mean, during that, they're so busy during that time. Yeah, they're, right? um, it's below what's called, it's part of the Mount's. Splendor, Splenda, Splendor, um, Watershed, which is one of the most repo- remote parts. So it's actually still part of Strathcona Park, Law, uh, Park, sorry, not Lodge, yeah. Park, but it's the kind of edge that sticks way out on the west. It's kind of oh. just the very edge of it. Mm. So I know, and then they've logged up. There are logging roads higher up there and stuff like that, but it's kind of a neat spot. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you want to be bear savvy, which I've, with black bears, I'm, been around them for quite a long my whole life mm-hmm. so you want to be a little bit careful and stuff but if you're doing this day trap day trip in a sea kayak or something it's great you know start out early in the morning or i mean some people motor a boat you just i'm a little less encouraged with motorboats because they do create a bit more disturbance of the bears and stuff mm-hmm. like that 
And um, I mean, you've got a history as a sea kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, and, exactly. So One canoeing, we yeah. use big canoes on it, and and you have to be careful of the tides because it, it it's surprisingly like most of the rivers here um, that aren't dammed are quite tidal, like mm-hmm. they are affected. So like definitely at low tide, we waited an hour so the tide came up a little bit to make it a little less challenging because it was almost like a grade one rapid, which is still easy, but we were in also in a Voyager canoe. So we we're in a 18, 20 <laughs> foot canoe. Past. It was a little bit more exciting, <laughs> but you know what I mean? So, you know, it, it, it's mindful, but you pretty much, you can walk around all of it again, if it is bare time. So kind of like mid August to, to at the end of September, maybe mm. early October, it's great to look and stuff like that. Camping in it again, you need to be super aware of what you're doing and stuff. I, I, more of a day trip spot. Do p- People do camp up there, but you need to really be savvy with the bears. Um, when you get into another spot we discovered, good thing about the COVID and the lockdown is my, we've always had, always wanted to go up into the North Island and I'd never been all the way up into the Port Hardy area and we got up into San Joseph Bay. But because my wife has a bit of mobility issues, we, um, you can hike into San Joseph Bay and probably she could easily have hiked into it, but we didn't know. And we wanted to go for four days and do a little more comfortable. So we took boats mm. because they're actually with the Cape Scott park. There is a boat launch. Mm-hmm. Um, the gentleman owns kind of land near it. And if you're going to park there, there's a forestry campsite a little higher up where you don't have to pay. But I mean, he was pretty reasonable. It was five bucks a night. Yeah. And, and you can camp there, right? And like you can, is- and also, and so, but you can park for five bucks a night oh, and yeah. then, yeah. but you can also camp. Um, um, again, tidal rivers, so you need mm-hmm. to be kind of paying attention to the tides, but that's pretty easy. You can, you, um, the thing that's changed that everybody, if you haven't discovered this, you will, if you do with tides, if you've got the old fashioned books, they're no longer printing them. Now you can download them. It's the same idea. It's just a PDF, but it is. And you're talking about tide charts, like the tide, the, the tide and the tide and current tables that yeah. that zone six, which is kind of um, I, the island, the whole coast is divided into zones, and we're vo- zone five and six belong to Vancouver Island, mm-hmm. and you get more zones as you get up to the Charlottes or to, sorry Haida Gwaii, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, so you can get it, but we, I just I just printed off because we're mostly low and high tide. I wasn't really worried about currents at that point because the problem is that low low tide you can't get back up the river without right. dragging your canoes. Right. But we took a a canoe, a sea kayak, and a paddleboard, and it was great. We camped on the thing and and was kind of different because a lot of the hikers come in and and at high tide, um, a lot of the beaches aren't accessible and and because. It's a very popular spot. I mean, at one point, there must have been 500 people on the beach on the sunny day we were there. Um, but we were able to canoe over and get more firewood and different things and kind of just explore some of the little bays around. And kind of, it was kind of a neat way to look at um, a different thing. And it it's part of the park. Like, mm-hmm. it's a boat launch. You don't, you, you still have to have the proper permits and stuff and pay for the night, um, uh, the nights there. But it's, it is an official kind of boat launch Thing. And it's best not, they don't allow you to park right at the boat launch. That's why you need to talk to the gentleman. Um, he wasn't there and I ended up pa- parking not quite in the, his favorite spot. But anyways, <laughs> we worked it out and stuff yeah, and yeah. I paid him. He was there. But for five bucks a night, it's pretty good. I mean, it's a long day trip. People mm-hmm. do it. It's amazing that pe- how many people kind of come in a Hardy or ne- Port McNeil or even Sayward as a day trip. Um, you mean to San Joseph? Yeah, just go into San Joseph and hike and yeah. stuff. Because I've known people who've actually towed wagons. That that first part of the trail is really accessible. Mm-hmm. But beautiful little caves on the beach. It's just, 
it's a very, there are definitely, if you see some of the kind of iconic pictures, it's definitely San Joseph is some, there's kind of the north end of it. Is, and the other places we never tell you where they are. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. And stuff like that. And uh, I mean, but the idea of getting into these things by having a boat mm-hmm. is great because Phil and I, my son and I um, use the paddleboard and tried to teach us mostly unsuccessfully how to stand up paddleboard surf. I was, was watching somebody. We stopped by Saratoga Beach. My wife and I, you know, had a nice coffee. It was great. We were looking at the ocean. And then, yeah, this fella goes out there and starts paddleboard surfing. And I've, I'd never seen anybody do that. I was like, I've, oh. I've seen it in class three rapids. And oh, the guys okay. are really like it. Um, I think for us, the issue is trying to work out the fin because the problem is uh, we, we have converted windsurfers because mm-hmm. that's what we have was free. But, um, was free. but the, the issue is um, our fins are too big. So as soon as we caught in the sand, we'd do a header off. Right. The, <laughs> it was entertaining for sure. And I think Phil at one point quit because he got sick of kind of grounding out on the sand. But it was interesting. It, it's kind of neat. It's a really pretty area. And again, you're not going to be alone and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, that's why I tend to take sea kayaks. If, if, if You tend to have to be a little more out there it's not like you know the story when you talked i can't remember which episode but brooks peninsula and stuff yeah like if you're getting yeah, places like that one. you're gonna be a longer paddle i mean another one that's awesome but is definitely harder to access is um the new chatlets which is the north end of nook island mm. and if you love sea otters i mean we literally can't we paddled in but it was a long paddle like we put probably six hours into it paddled out in one day um about almost 20 kilometers and then camp for five days and thing and did the same paddle back. Mm-hmm. But it, it's great. Like you were able to, there are people around because there are some First Nations folks that live out there and stuff, but nice. it's just, so there are spots where you can push out further. But again, it's one of these things that's, you got to kind of look at your abilities and stuff. So mm-hmm. like a, uh, some of these, that's why I'm like the smattering of, or the kind of sampling of, of uh, you know, more accessible and inaccessible. And that's like Blinkhorn is great. Um, what's yeah. kind of your rule of thumb? Like when you're, so you've got somebody, let's say they've shown up on your doorstep and you're like, Sean, I heard you're an expert in the outdoors. It's nice to meet you. And you're like, yeah, fantastic. Nice to meet you as well. They're like, so if you were to, you know, give me some advice, let's say, you know, how to assess my own skill level. Now I know that's super broad. You're looking at me going, you know, I know you just had a thousand ideas. Let's say somebody wants to, you know, go do like a kayaking venture or something like that. How, how, how can um, you, you know, so, so I actually know this one because my, my friend of mine took his wife to Blinkhorn and, um, and probably over accessed her ability. And mm. I've done this myself. Mm. Um, and, um, and the current, so there's two knots of current. Mm. It's about four kilometers an hour. Most people can paddle against it. Well, of course, they weren't in a double. Mm. And my and, and my my wife, who is, has MS, has quite mobility issues. But as far as paddling, she's quite a strong paddler. I mean, we've been paddling since before we moved to BC. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of really look at um, the thing with anything in Johnson Strait. It, it can be... Now, the good thing about uh, Blinkhorn, Blink, Blink yeah. you can easily sneak along the shore and use the shore shelter but it's you do need to be more aware it is still sea kayaking i mean um my friend was able he knew a lot but it was a bit much for his wife so the the second time they went they basically camped at the resort nearby and then just day tripped in and mm, then they could pick nice. it so you really need to be cautious about because the weather can go sideways really well i mean an example another one of my favorite spots which is tricky to get quite tricky to get to is off Sayward, off Kelsey Bay, 
Um, it's called York Island. And, oh, yeah, so and, and cool. we we just do need to do an episode I on know, York we, Island. By the way, but but the example is if we waited a day, it would have been fine. So we get there, we get start paddling, and we're set out, and the wind's blowing out of the northwest, which is good weather wind. It was sunny, but northwest winds. We're at the other end of Johnson Strait, so now we're into really big waves. Now. My family is a little different, and my friend who came with us is was a strong paddler. Now he was more of a canoer, mm-hmm. but you know the waves were six feet tall at times. So I mean, it was definitely at the edge of thing. But I can see uh, things. Yeah. I can't see things. I can see yeah. things. Can't. And 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 you know what I mean. But I know my family, right? Mm. Being paddlers, both my kids were in singles, and Carrie was in a double because it. Um, there's a little bit of current that you have to sneak around, which turned out to be the actually easy part of that day, but. It was an assessment I would make for my family, but if it had been with any other group, okay, we're turning around and sure. just come back and wait. And so the the thing is you need to, you need to know, learn about the weather. That's why, I mean, a lot of people start on lakes mm-hmm. with, if you're going to do a sea kayak trip, like a Moore Lake or any of any, even Buttle Lake, it's a bit rough, but you know, there is a highway always to bail out. You really need to think about what you want to do. Cause I mean, packing a canoe versus a sea kayak mm. is quite different. I've met a lot of people who've canoed and canoed even through some of the tidal rapids. Like one of the things that I've taken you on the canoe trip is around Quadra. Mm -hmm. I I, I like, like I said, hooking, looking at the edges of the map and trying to figure out places where people maybe go, but don't go in the way they are. So Mm -hmm. Village Bay Lakes, um, that, that whole chain of lakes is both fond to both of us because that's where Camp Bob started. Mm-hmm. But you can go in there and I had been looking at this old map I pulled out of some map stash, probably from Strathcona Park Lodge or something. Is this but the one with the drawings on it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Up? Oh, it's so cool. I'll, I'll definitely have to post a picture of yeah, it. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. so cool. You have a copy of it? I do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. And so, but I went, oh, there's Portage. And so I guess way back in the day, probably in the 80s and 90s, late, early 90s, Camp Homewood and some of the other youth organizations had canoed around Quadra. And, and it showed portages. And so the idea, my original idea was to start a Granite Bay portage. There's a narrow spot in small inlet into Wyatt Bay. And it's, I think we worked it out. It's 800 meters. It's not, it's not a great portage by, if you're a canoe head from Ontario or even compared to Sayers for canoe. Say I don't know we could call it a portage, actually. I, I think it was more uh, a meandering walk through the woods that you were supposed to try to get a canoe through. Well, and I've discovered the old portage. So there <laughs> there was a bran- another branch, and it, it had been a portage. Yes. And we used wheels. We did. Yeah. were able to use yeah, wheels, no, though. Last summer, my daughter and one of her friends actually did overhead portaging. It was way faster. They mm-hmm. found it way faster. But so you do that into the Octopus Islands area. And then my original idea was to go up into Main Lake out of a, a bay. It's an old, basic old log dump and old logging road, which was pretty good. The end is a little gnarly to get through. And then you get to what we call old Camp Bob for mm-hmm. those who have worked at Camp Bob. But then you can get into there. My original idea was, because I was a sea kite guide, was go down. There's another portage out of Village Bay, down back to the ocean to Village Bay, Village Bay proper, mm. and then canoe. And you can hide behind these islands and end up at Rebecca Spit Provincial Park. Oh, cool. Well, that we, we scouted it, but it, the, um, at that point, the, the portage turned out to be on private land. So now the gentleman who was not as friendly has passed away and now it's owned. So it's probably you could do it. Mm-hmm. You'd also need to talk to the First Nations, I think, just because you end up right into their uh, First Nation um, harvesting area. Because um, I, I think it's oysters or mussels. I can't remember. Oh, okay. it's, a, it's a really 
protected area and which, mm-hmm. which is the people kayak through all time but you do want to honor them and, and kind of get the permission to go across their land but but we've been using it from village bay and stuff and it's just great because you kind of get into these areas and people like you pop out of this little spot and like you came in canoes and stuff and it's kind of and but again this that was is kind con- of the fun thing yeah you exactly came out, you came onto the octopus island so to paint a yeah. picture here we you know we're, we're doing this portage and there was a small inlet provincial park is on the one side yeah and uh and so this is on quadra island and so first time going through you know same thing we're going through these crazy little trails we're doing this portage and then we get up to the other side and there's like yachts you know that are hanging out there there's all these like really beautiful boats that are in this little hidden place that you know, I think at that point they were like, whoa, 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 <laughs> you know, this, this is our, this is our secret spot. What are you guys doing here? And you came on canoes. You're like, well, you know, it's, it's just yeah. kind of fun being able to yeah. do that kind of thing. But it was absolutely spectacular. And then, you know, the little cabin that was yeah. on there, the yeah. the little uh, shack that had all yeah. the. Oh, yeah, the art the house. Yeah, yeah. What, house, what we call house. it. Yeah, the art house. Yeah, that the family has put it. And it's great because it's almost like Caribbean. You get mm-hmm. blue. And the, we took, led a, my daughter and I led a trip. Uh, there last summer and the kids were just thinking and we went the other way we started we've decided to go from the lake to the ocean and and that gives you a good example because yeah, village it, bay you're talking yeah, about village or, or bay you lake, launch bill yeah, you, you launch a village bay and then into mine lake and then but the thing is it's the kind of cool thing is um you look at the progression how are we doing on time oh we're doing we're, we're, we're yeah. getting close we're getting close. um but you start on um uh, flat relatively calm flat water and mm-hmm. then progressively get more challenging which is nice because yeah. again that kind of gives you an. Yeah. Like, we use it for our purposes. We've done work with yeah. the uh, Outdoor Council of yeah. Canada, yeah. Uh, which we do field lo- field leader courses through, and we do uh, canoe stuff with it too. Yeah. And you've done a lot of that. Um, great, nationally recognized, and a yeah. beautiful company, uh, or well, I guess not the company, organization. Yeah, organization. organization. Yeah, organization. yeah, that's a whole other story. And, yeah, 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 and we could dive right into all that. But the point was that it gave a lot of that mm-hmm. terrain, right, where you could really uh, assess people and kind of see where their skill levels were at. Yeah. So I mean, Main Lake, Village Bay, going. Into yeah, this and it's great. And so I mean, so the, for me, it's just the idea of of looking at that kind of off the edge of the map kind mm-hmm. of, st- or looking or reinventing the thing. I mean, the example of the. The Trout Lake one, we set up anchors and rappelled down the waterfall because it was super warm, right? And people were like, "What the heck?" Like some of the locals are <laughs> like, "What is going on?" And um, and 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 you're welcome to do things like that. You didn't obviously need to be respectful of what people are doing. So like, don't build your anchor right across a hiking trail or mm-hmm. silly stuff like that. Um, and and if you're doing it kind of more commercially then you do need to look into like if you're in bc parks you need to talk to parks and yeah. stuff like that but you know do your proper permissions for permissions and all that stuff area. right but yeah. i mean when you're doing it for fun most of the time they're pretty because all the stuff i mean is great for that so it's it's awesome and like i said there are a lot of spots that we didn't cover and stuff like that but, oh man no that's it, and that's fabulous though because i wanted to get kind of a taste of uh, a few different, you know, little gems for for those that maybe have more experience and want to find those few more places that aren't maybe the typical places. You yeah. know, we've talked a lot about Strathcona Park. We've talked about the South Island yeah. with Dylan on a different episode. Um, you know, more accessible places like the beaches and stuff. Yeah. I, I love the spread, though, that you've gone through because, you know, some of those places are, you know, not that far off the path and you could probably take your family. Other ones, you know, you're going to have to ask and, and do a little bit more research, which... 
I think is the you know signature of any good outdoors person. Yeah, you that's gotta true. do your research. Yeah. You gotta go and look and and kind of assess your own skills. And if you don't know, then go with somebody. Kind of one of my rules of thumb is that I, I don't like to go to places unless I'm going with somebody who's already been there. And you know, sometimes that's not the that's just not possible because you're kind of in uncharted places. But if you have that opportunity, take it. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of my go-to. And and people like um, you who are able to do that and have done that and gone before a lot of people, such a valuable resource. Well, and that's and looking, I mean, I think of the one uh, because I've taught navigation and done navigation. I mean, that's a foundation of a lot mm. of what you're doing, mm-hmm. spatial awareness and doing, I did the last April, but this time I did the traverse between Mount Washington and the old thing, the old ski resort called Forbidden Plateau. Mm-hmm. And the actual navigating, I actually had to, like, it wasn't like cruise control. It's like, okay, that's this lake, this, you know, you really had to be aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, where is the point where we're going to camp because we're out for tuna. So really working that out and having that broad spectrum, kind of trying to figure out what really works. Because, I mean, it's, there's easy stuff. Like, I mean, we could easily list off things like Nymph Falls, all the stuff in and around Helm McKenzie you've talked about on other episodes out mm-hmm. to um, kind of that all the waterfalls in Strathcona, all that kind of stuff. They're great and accessible. Mm-hmm. So looking at your skill stuff. Start and, there, and, right? and start there. They're yeah. great spots. And and just look at like things like all trails are good tools or the guy app or things like that. Just w- spend the time to work with it, whether you're doing it in your own backyard or on, on something where you've already been. Just figuring it out, um, how to use these different things. And of course, not being over-reliant on phones. I'm still old school enough that Map and Compass to me is a... Is a is a huge thing. I have a, a massive, very large collection of maps and stuff. <laughs> but it's still it's still a practice that when you know all else doesn't work, yeah, exactly. it's something that's very reliable and yeah. is a tried and tested and true yeah. you know way of navigation. Um, how can people um, follow what you're doing as far as you know? You you do a lot of different programs yeah. with different places. So you you know alluded to Mount Washington, Strathcona yeah. Park Lodge, Camp Bob. Um, so what's just kind of in a nutshell? What are I mean what are places the that the can easiest learn? way? I'm uh, I I'm I'm not sure if I know my exact handle on Facebook. Anymore. I'll put it. I'll put yeah. it on. The, but so on Facebook online. is a good one um, for those who do Facebook. I have everything's um, kind of through my Instagram account, uh, account which is Sean. Uh, Sean of the Cave at uh, 13, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll see a lot of my stuff. You, you'll see some of my stuff be there and also on the Camp Bob website or, or primarily Camp Bob because a lot of the social media stuff. I do have um, I do have a YouTube channel as well and stuff that I'm, I am trying to kind of start putting more videos up. I was more active kind of um, earlier on when I had a little bit more time and stuff, but I am starting to get back there and trying to nice. put some stuff like that. So... Um, some of my adventures and stuff and, and, and very random spots. I have at least four or five different spots on the go. And like one of the things that has kind of been burning in my brain, that I haven't had enough time to work at hopefully next fall. I will is like canyoneering. It's nice. a thing that's huge in the States. And cause obviously you get places, Utah, there's lots of canyons, but there is this kind of whole thing. And I've discovered this series of waterfalls that is, I'm not sure if it's actually on Mosaic Land or on Tim or Timber West or the park. It's kind of on the area. So there's a whole. I always have these kind of little things off. Like I said, I like the the kind of the 
the if you're looking at old school maps, the white areas in the maps, mm. kind of just the edge of the map. Like, what the heck is that? Yeah, what's going on in there? There's and nothing stuff. developed here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and stuff. So I have, yeah, so canyoneering may be the next adventure at some point in the coming seasons that we may get very well. And I will sure uh, put um, Mr. Benj down a waterfall with a wetsuit and a helmet and rappel. And you'll listen to another episode of me slyly, you know, almost dying and Nobody's dying in my watch. No, no, it's fabulous. And I mean, yeah, check out Strathcona Park Lodge and what their programs yeah. have. Camp Bob has some great yeah. ones through the Adventure Challenge program. Uh, and and yeah, just so, so thrilled with all yeah. the work that you're yeah. doing. Well, and out, outbound and Adventure Challenge too. Yeah. That's yeah, because uh, Adventure Challenge has been a new thing. We're running an Adventure Youth Group through the whole year, which has been really a, a blessing this year. Doing oh, lots totally. Of, yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Doing rock yeah. climbing and different yep. adventures and yep. stuff. Yeah. Yep. So many opportunities. Yeah. Right? So cool. And and that's good to get. And by all means, fire questions through Benj proper or through the Wild Islander or myself. Yeah. I quite often, if I don't know the answer to the question about, hey, what about whatever, um, I normally can track down somebody. Well, between the two of us, we for sure can track down somebody who Absolutely. knows the answers. Absolutely, somebody yeah. who's connected in one of the areas and stuff. Yeah. I actually had a fellow who'd asked about caving and stuff too for after our caving episode, and he had and he had wrote, written in and stuff. It's like, where exactly is this area? It's like, you got to talk to these people. You know, go talk to the caving yeah. clubs. Yeah, they're the ones that are going to get you tied yeah. in with the right people. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate your time. I really. Appreciate your experience. And, uh, you know, you kind of alluded to, you know, I, I would call somebody if I didn't know anything. Well, you're always that guy for me. I'm like, I don't know something. I'm usually calling Sean. So I thank you so much for the time and effort and everything that you put into, but also just the the generosity that you have of sharing the experiences that you've had, the places that you've explored and their impact on you and uh, your impact on them. So oh, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to come and uh, I'm sure we'll have this adventure again. Oh, definitely we will. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. All right. No problem. Thanks so much for listening in this week and getting a taste of Vancouver Island North. There are so many places that you can explore, so many places to see, and so many adventures to be had. If you want to find some amazing places to visit this spring, this summer, or whatever time that you end up listening to this episode, follow us at the Wild Islander Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook or send us an email at wildislanderpodcast at gmail.com. We will have lots of different stuff posted of these incredible locations and more that you can go and check out this summer, this spring, or any time that you want to adventure the incredible Vancouver Island wilderness.